going? Hello, audio only audiophiles of read, read piles. Read, read audio piles? Audio read piles? Because it's a, if you're an audiophile, it means you're like into noise, like sounds, right? And you're fans of the read pile. You know, this all works. This is all legit. Everything about this is fine. This is good. I don't want my coffee now. Might have already had too much. All right, let's get the let's get the YouTube a recording as our backup, just in case. Although I don't even upload to YouTube anymore because the ones and ones of viewers didn't seem necessary. But it's good to have a backup. Ready to go live? Yeah. And we are live. Hello, happy second week of Pride Month, everyone. Wearing my favoriteest Pride shirt. This is the. Uh, a classic uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper pi uh, Panther, only it's the Rowdy Roddy Piper Pride Panther. Long title. <laughs> Thank you. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original angry nerd girl herself, Ella Strange. Elle wearing her Pride shirt, her Pride shirt. Uh, that's the uh, bisexual flag, correct? Yes. Yes, very nice, very nice. Uh, we are Team Repile, and we have many books to review this week. Uh, it was uh, quite a hefty The Read Pile week this week, and we're very excited for that. There was a bit of comic book news. To be very honest, there was a lot of comic book news. We have decided to forego it, because here's a preview of all the effing books we have wait, to review. Wait, no. it, 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 it's, a, it's a lot. We can't, however, not mention, uh, because Derek is a friend, uh, friend of the show and a fan of ours, and we're a fan of his, that uh, his the boys have been picked up for a fourth season on Amazon Prime. We're currently only, I think, four or five episodes into season three. Which, that kind of, I will say, puts me down, like, makes me feel a little down about it, because when you announce it, like, announce it. I, I, know, I know, When you announce it, like, kind of early like that, yeah. I feel like this is a there's really no There's no suspension anymore. Now I'm like, okay, well... I think most of these people are going to make it. Good odds. Like, Good, like, it's, like, yeah. like a fourth season wouldn't really be the same. If half the, the team was dead, if, right? Yeah. Uh, if yeah. certain characters were to. Like, but I could see it happening at the end of a series. Yes. Easily. Yes. So. I am with you on this 100%. In the really dumb words of Jesse Long, 100%. I mean, there is a lot of the suspense is building right now. Yes, and I, I don't think they really want to ruin too much. No, no, no. We're not going to spoil things. Yeah. It's just it's been a fantastic season thus far. Yeah. So just the fact that there is something you know really big going on, and it just makes you feel a little like it takes away a lot of the stakes. Yeah, yeah. It takes away a lot of the stakes. Gas out of it. Yeah. So no, I, I uh, agree. I agree. There is, there is something to. Watching a show, uh, it's you like know. that with anything. Yes, any show, not just this show, but any show. Well, like, imagine it's mentioned too too early to me. I feel like I'm like okay. Well, a lot of the things like I was unsure of, now I'm a little more sure of. Well, <laughs> imagine and I don't, I don't want to know that so soon. Imagine if you're watching a movie and halfway through the movie, uh, the movie stops and a guy, the director, comes up. Hey, everybody, just letting you know. Part two has already been green lit. We're going to start filming it next week. All right, get back to the movie. It would really take it away from me. Now, I don't know if there is a good time to release that news. It's great news. It's fantastic news. But I feel you. As a nerd, I understand that. I understand that. Oh, uh, well. And they may have had it forced upon them to of release course. that information early because yeah. they've already started filming and it's yeah. hard to keep the secret. And things could get And released. they would rather be the ones to be like, hey, yeah, because then it makes them look like the good guy. And they're yeah. like, hey, yeah. hey, I brought this present to you. It is going to be here for another season. And It's hard to be upset yeah. because it's great news. It, it is. It is. But it's also one of those things where, like, then you get your, your, your little bit of nerd rage. Well, they did, this, oh, wait a minute. they did the same thing with Stranger Things. You're like, don't worry. The final season of Stranger Things will be out yeah. real soon. And I'm just like, eh. Overall, overall, I'm very glad. Oh, yes. Yes. No, I, I agree with but you. But if you want to pick it apart, I can pick it apart. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's the nature of our show. We're nerds, and we're going to say angry nerd things. But, yay. Yeah. Very happy. Very happy. Yeah. Overall. I, I, I will say this, though. I got tired of the I read it. I remember. Way, way back when, and yes. then I got tired of it. I told you this would happen. I, 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 This is sort of the problem with 
any long-form Garth Ennis book is there's parts of the boys, and I swear to you, I love it, I love it, but there are parts of the boys where the script is almost unreadable. It reads so much more just like there are literally pages upon pages of just talking heads. It, it, is, it gets really long in the tooth towards the end where it, Mallory's laying out everything that happened. And I understand why we're getting this exposition dump towards the end of the comic series, but the benefit of doing this now is that we have a, a TV series that is so very ahead of the times. What? I thought she was about to eat that. She's always about to eat it. Okay. Anyway, we're very excited about the Boys Series 4 coming out. That's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I, I've never loved a villain as much as I love Homelander. He's such a pile of shit, and Anthony Starr deserves so much more credit. I used to watch this show just because Keith Urban was the man. I used to watch this show just because I liked uh, Jack Quaid. Fuck all that. It's Anthony Starr. The Homelander is the best, like, can you think of a more despicable villain since Linus on Lost? To get in that mindset for a character like that. (laughs) All he has to do is think, I'm America. Shall we get to it? Yeah. We have a lot of books to cover this week, folks. So, thank you for tuning in. Elle Strange, what are we starting with? First, let me say that this is in no particular order. Well, right. A little bit of an order, because this first one I want to highlight with you. We both right. read it. We both read it. Um, but I have do. not picked my... Pick of the week yet. Yes. Right. So, we're starting with uh, DC Pride 2022. Uh, so, for the past couple of years, DC has released sort of... Um, uh, a supersized issue uh, uh, in uh, correlation with Pride. Uh, Marvel does the same thing, I think, with a with Marvel Voices. I want to say, but it is yes, a. Yes, which I think is next week. I feel like that is right. They yeah. shouldn't release them at the same time. They should stagger them. They, yeah, it wasn't this week. I just can't remember if it, if it's, it has no, to be next yeah, week. They, they, they wouldn't wait till the very yeah. last week. They which might. I don't even know. They I don't might. Know. Anyway, I just remember looking at the list. And I, I look them up ahead. So. We're, <laughs> we're DC. We're DC nerds. We're always big on DC comics. And uh-huh. Pride being a big deal for us, we always look forward to Pride. And this year's Pride did not miss. I I loved just about every story in here. There were a couple that I wasn't super excited by, but were there more stories this time around, like compared to last year? Last, Maybe I'd have I, to I'd I have to read like last year's book because some of the stories in here did seem rather short. Yes, uh, and I feel like they were kind of put in there to fill a little bit of a gap maybe or maybe they just wanted to make sure to portray certain characters but didn't have like I think have, they wanted to make sure to make room for everybody I think, they wanted to make no no I, I think you're I think you're hitting around there I feel yeah. like so the point I of this just, I felt like some of the stories in here were just much shorter than other stories no I feel or that. maybe it was just it felt that way maybe if I physically counted the pages there isn't so, yeah. I don't know I did not do that but so the yeah. two the two reasons to buy this comic one it helps support uh, charities uh, that are like-minded, but two, it's to read Kevin Conroy's story at the back of the book. That is oh, incredible. Yes. But the one thing, and I, I know you've got a full review for each little story, and I, well, I, I want each story. Okay, yeah, it, it was, it was hard. The ones, yeah. the ones yeah. that you highlighted. The one thing that I actually really enjoyed the most out of this book, believe it or not, was the story of Connor Hawk. I thought that was a really cool. Like I didn't know much about the new Connor Hawk. I didn't know much about the character to begin with, yeah. but. Not only is Connor sort of a newer character, like a legacy character, someone I didn't really know about, but they make sure to include someone who is asexual. And I thought that was great. I, was, I said, hey, that's really cool. I can't remember if they've ever done a story about an asexual person before, or ace as they're known in the community. Um, but I was very excited by that. I thought that was neat. And it, they really try and do a great job highlighting everyone on the spectrum as much as possible. Uh, all the members of the Alphabet Mafia as much as humanly possible. And, but Connor's story was very simple, very sweet, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. That I, Outside of Kevin Conroy's story, I think that was my favorite story in the book. Hmm, okay. Uh, well, I, I liked every single one of them. Of course but you did. We, so, honestly, we could probably have a whole episode just where we're just yeah, and do a yeah. review of each one. Fair, we, that's fair. We could definitely do that. I know we can't, though. <laughs> we just don't have time. I mean, we could. We, have, we could. We could do whatever. We I mean, it's the internet. Who cares? <laughs> but uh, I really like the one with uh, 
and I honestly I don't know how to pronounce uh, her name. Is it Io or Io? Because so, it's pronounced both ways. I have heard it both ways. There is a pro wrestler who's known as Io Shirai, and it's pronounced Io. Which kind of leads into where yeah. the story goes a little bit. Which you'll. It, I don't want to like. You, we said we don't really want to read into. No, no, we're not going to spoil this, things this, as much as we yeah. can. There's so many stories, and they're kind of short, so you don't really want to ruin anything about any any one of them. Correct. Because it just it's such a short story. You say one thing, and it ruins the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. But no, the story about Nubia, and she uh, she ends up in a in a pro wrestling match. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think uh, talking about Connor Hawk, the the idea. Um, I will say this, of him wanting to be heard while fighting music. The music, the music <laughs> by, yeah, that's very cool. I thought the point of that, I did want to mention that, uh, but my favorite one would probably be um, Tim Drake. Really? Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Tim Drake having uh, to go out on a date? It was very touchy-feely, mm. and I think that's why. That one, it kind of got your emotions a little bit. Kind of really felt like let he me, was spelling. Hold on, let me run you back just a little feeling? bit. That's your favorite story, I'm assuming, outside of Kevin Conroy. So. Outside of. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I will tell you that Kevin Conroy is, is the one that made me cry the most. <laughs> well, as you would imagine. Like, that is, and that's that's his story. Like, ah, oh, man. We could, we could, you, you know, to your point, we could spend hours talking about just Kevin Conroy's story. I, I don't want I don't want to sell it too hard, but I I urge anyone out there, go get a copy of this, if for no other reason than to read Kevin's story. You know, our Batman, the Batman of our generation, in many ways the voice, the actual voice of Batman. Yeah. No matter who you are, no matter what, if you grew up in our you know neck of the universe, Batman maybe has one voice, maybe maybe Dietrich Bader, but. Realist. He's allowed. He's allowed. He, he, he's well, at asterisk. He's he can, my Batman. But, he's just like <laughs> literally in the shadows. I'm here. <laughs> I'm on Harley Quinn now. Um, anyway, but Kevin's story—they had to have been that had to. Have, the reason why they put that at the also big ups to DC for including uh, a uh, uh, a trigger warning before you even read it, where they basically say to you, "Listen, this next story." has got some rough shit in it, but we're not taking anything out of it. This is how Kevin's script read. We did not augment it. We did not change it. We did not hide anything. Mm -hmm. This is a great book. It, they did a great job. Uh, maybe better, maybe the best one yet. I think there's been two. I think there's been three, but still, regardless. I, I don't know. I'm not comparing it. I don't think there was a comparison. No, that's They're fair. all different stories. That's fair. That's a fair point. I can't really say. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you on that. I mean, you would have your favorites and probably like not your like your top favorites yeah. out of each one. But yeah. Yeah. Can't really. No, I suppose not. Uh, so moving on to my pile. Yeah, fine, yeah, I got fine. One and you got one that's even. That, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I even made the statement before we went on the air. Don't let me rattle on about DC Pride. It'll take hours. Please, Ella Strange, move us the hell along. We have so many books. All right. So uh, there is a point on this particular story that I'm going to make towards the end. Okay. Um, I'm going to do my review about it first. Absolutely. Uh, so first up, we have us. Poison Ivy. This is uh, Humanity Had Its Chance. Uh, I think that's just the title of the issue, though. But this is Poison Ivy, number one, uh, from G. Willow Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is your first time reading G. Willow that we know of, I believe. Yeah, I would not know. I would have to look up. She, of course, yeah. of uh, you know the, the big the big news of hers uh, is that we did watch uh, the first episode of Miss Marvel, uh, which is basically G Will's big claim that she sort of created uh, Kamala Khan. But yeah. this was your this was Poison Ivy coming out in Pride. Smart play, DC. Tell us about it. Okay. So uh, anyway, so this is basically kind of like I feel is the aftermath of what happened in the Harley series that you're reading. Uh, what happened in your series, um, if you want to maybe read, like, correct me if I'm missing anything, but uh, Poison Ivy had been ripped apart uh, into two of her selves, mm -hmm. uh, and Queen Ivy. at some point they get her 
put back together, but she's missing parts of what what originally made her. This yeah, this, Ivy. this also happened so, in, in the Batman main plot. Uh, I think it was it was it was whatever the, it was the yeah. Fear State. It was Fear State. Yeah. Please continue. And so Harley and Poison Ivy end up breaking up mm-hmm. over different reasonings and stuff. Uh, so this is where we're at. It's just Poison Ivy. She does not have Harley with her. Mm-hmm. She is thinking of her, but she is not with her. Uh, she is basically um, decided that she has given up. Uh, she does not want to fight anymore, uh, even though she is going to do one last fight. Uh, she, and she's taking a lot of humanity with her. <laughs> uh, so, you know, seeing how she's doing it uh, and seeing how she's just tearing herself down in the story is just very heartbreaking. She's mm. uh, she's she trying to find herself, you know, at this point. She's trying to... to decide is this really you know the path that she wants to take mm-hmm. uh, and right now she's kind of in this battle uh, in her head where she can't stop herself um, and just drowning in the emotions mm. so it's very heavy story I feel uh, uh, but you discovered something I did uh, very funny I did I did uh, which did not take away from the story that I read. Right. I was able to read this, and I felt so many emotions. I felt very connected very quickly to the character. I'm not reading Harley. You're I'm not, not reading, reading Batman. Batman. Mm-hmm. I was able to pick this up and still enjoy it and still know of what's going on. But I think I had, you know, a little bit of a cheat, you know. Having sat next to you this whole thing. Yeah. next to you, and I kind of at least have an idea. But even if I didn't... I could have easily found out and just had like read like a summary on the internet and then hopped up back on and then been okay because it, it, it would have been confusing to know you know what happened with Harley you right. know? but other than that in issue 124 yeah. of Batman this week which wraps up uh, Joshua Williamson's run on Batman next week uh, next week next month maybe next week begins uh, Chip Zdarsky's Batman 125 run, where they're bringing back George Jimenez, who is here for uh, the incredibly beautiful run of Fear State, uh, Batman with uh, 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 James Tinian IV. Uh, so maybe Ghostmaker will come back. Anyway, I was reading through this, and this is just sort of a lovely filler story, as many stories of Batman are, uh, you know, or and not just Batman, I'm sorry, many stories are when they're bridging two arcs. You usually get like one issue where it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. And you're yeah. just like, oh, this is... kind of like an annual. <laughs> it's, it almost <laughs> is. It almost yeah. It feels very, like, a little disconnected, but you usually get a fun story, and it's very um, self-contained. It's like a little introduction. Be like, or an hey, out- look who showed up. Or in this case, have it's, their own series over here. it's an outro, yeah. uh, which is called the... Uh, this is the finale to the storyline, Abyss, which is what Joshua Williamson was writing. Uh-huh. But here in the back of the book... And I noticed on the cover, I'm like, oh, they're doing Poison Ivy this time. Well, in the back of the book, written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Danny, who just did uh, Arkham City, uh, um, uh, what is it, something of the world name, I can't remember, my Arkham City book that I adored. Uh, uh, Shit! In the City of the World or something. Anyway. I don't know, something Arkham. I I, I know, it was the one I just reviewed like two weeks ago. Anyway, (laughs) very back of the book. Here it is, Photosynthesis with oh. G. Willow Wilson. And if you didn't read any of the Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn stuff okay. whatsoever, here's your here's your intro. It actually goes into great detail about how Pam got split. Didn't know that it was available. No! So you told me this morning. No! <laughs> we don't read the, the, the backup stories, typically. Um, we accept that they're there and that we have to pay extra dollars. Ooh, you're right there, big guy. I think you have a hairball. Cat sneeze. Um, we accept that the backup stories are in the back of almost every DC comic. Uh, we uh, understand that we're paying an extra dollar for them, but we typically don't bother reading them. So this morning, when I was uh, setting up shop, as it were, I decided to thumb through the last issue, because I, I was like, eh, it's a Poison Ivy thing. I wonder if G. Willow Wilson is... It's the prequel! This is... This should be in here! Or maybe in an issue... Like a before, zero issue or a free before, comic book day issue? Or before, sorry, yeah. or before, um, the week before Poison Ivy comes out? Uh, sure! 
Oh yeah, because this this is this is the exact the, the, we, these these debuted these debuted this week. Yeah, so you guess you can put that back over in your pile. No, I'm good. <laughs> Either way, I still enjoyed it. Yes, I was still able to. I'm I'm very happy. To you know, that. that's why I wanted to mention about how I did not know the the Harley series, but even so, there is a little summary story that you can get but you need to buy that issue of Batman. Right. And if you're not reading Batman, you're going to have a random issue of Batman and it might drive you up the wall. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm not reading Nightwing. And it's because I'm a crazy person. Alice Strange, what else you got on your still no idea what your pick of the week is read pile? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> She's got notes. I have notes. Uh, come here big fella. Alright, that is uh, Invincible Red Sewing It, Issue 9, by our friends Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor over at Dynamite Comics. Issue 9, how was it? Oh, He's oh. begging for treats now. I know, I know. He, he's an old boy. Alright, so how was Red Sonier? Alright, so, uh, of course, you know, from the last issue, she was, you know, stuck in another sticky situation. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, the ruler uh, has her son that just basically, you're jumping right on top of the comics. Uh, and her son uh, basically will battle individuals. Right, so and your then, son. No, 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 oh, the ruler the of ruler this place. Of, gotcha. uh, her son, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting very distracted with this guy. Um, anyway, so her son uh, is uh, this big creature like kind of individual okay. uh, and will fight individuals for fun, you know, people of this place uh, sit and watch, it's just entertainment, and then eventually they get eaten. So he's like so, he's like a monster gladiator kind yeah, of thing? Okay, yeah, okay. pretty much. And this is the entertainment for the people of this town, city, whatever. Well, when you don't uh, have TV. So, uh, well, of course, uh, Sonia does get out of that situation. Yes. Uh, and it's Pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, always is. Uh, and you basically see how Sonia is just so devoted to her job to the point that she leaves that place to Tuma to run. Oh. Even though they have had some heavy sexual yeah. tension. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, she decides. And she decides that she has chosen her job. Her duty is to protect this princess right. and get her back so they can, uh, her and her soon-to-be hubby can be wed right. and then they can get it on. <laughs> Red Sonia, she she is willing to forego. Yes. Forego the banging. To wait. And her new outfit? Alright. Oh, I will say, they, she gets a new outfit for the trip. Okay. And I, I'm like, it's cute, but it completely takes you away from who Red Sonia is. I, like, well, it's like, I, without giving away too much, like, it's like Pirate Sonia? It's like when Wonder Woman has to put something <laughs> to, to go to a dinner party. <laughs> I like that. It's, 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 it's Pants Wonder Woman. <laughs> no pants! I can't have her in pants. Sonia, I've never read any other Red Sonia, and I feel like I never want to. 
this like it can't ever be anything different. Fair enough. <laughs> what else you got? I know you got more books. More books. More books. Quests aside, this is Speaking issue two. Speaking of adventures. Adventures. <laughs> and 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 rolling of dices uh, and and raincores and things. So this particular issue did not have as big of a feel for me as the first one did. Right. I think the first one I was surprised at what at what we were getting. Yeah. So, to admit, but they were so wonderful, uh, like very nerdy surprises. Yes. You know, there were little jokes here and there all out throughout this, the story, uh, learning about these characters uh, rather quickly, mm -hmm. uh, not full backstories, but you, you, you grasped enough of their character that you already felt a little attached. Okay. Uh, you, you were ready to dive in to learn more about everybody, dive on in. And to kind of just remind you that Barrow is the main character. Uh, he's an ex-adventurer. Right. Uh, that now owns a tavern. <clears throat> so As you do. Yes. So uh, you have a lot of these things going on as far as uh, individuals coming in and out, uh, looking for people to help out with quests and all. You got a lot of down and out, uh, no longer adventuring types. Right. Uh, kind of in the same uh, situation as Barrow. But Barrow is a little bit more successful because now he has this tavern. That uh, unfortunately, the king does not want him to have this tavern anymore. And I will say this: kind of a disappointment. We don't really go anywhere with that part of the story in this issue, but we do still get a lot of fun stuff. Uh, speaking of, uh, Barrow runs a thing called uh, Adventures Anonymous <laughs> at the tavern, and. It's like two pages of individuals telling different stories, sappy, sad stories, <laughs> depressing stories about how we're just not getting work anymore. <laughs> and some of the things, I, I will ruin one for you. Okay. So one in particular uh, individual was talking about how, oh yeah, this town hired me to help out with a, one of the dogs there, and it, it, it was actually a puppy. Um, turns out it was just constipated. Oh. And he's like a mage, uh, or and, and also like I, I believe so. Or right. He, he got the vibe. A medicine he, man. He, if you will. he knew like he had powers and everything, but it turned out this like he was actually just a puppy and it was a little constipated. But it, it but the town hired him because they thought it, there it was like and he thought oh they needed somebody like somebody like me I can help only I can help oh it's a puppy that's constipated. Feed him some grass. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but. It's little things like that, and and so it, it's stuff like that that make this comic fun. pretty fun, yeah, pretty damn fun, and it, it it's it's great. Uh, I just hope by the next issue uh, we do pick up a little bit more about the story, about what maybe he's going to do about his situation and what he's going to do with it to protect his tavern. Well, we we do know so, that this is a classic sort of formula for comic books. Issue one tends to be like fun, wow, zap, pow. Issue two can be a little quiet. And then we get rocking and rolling with issue three. And, of course, issue four decides whether or not you're going to continue on with the book one way or the other. Yeah. No, sir. Yeah. No, just, you will not he, go that way. He just keeps sliding. <laughs> but, he has no, no, no traction. Just nothing. <laughs> um, but not uncommon for issue two to sometimes be a little quiet. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's bad. But you still have more books, though. I do. Uh, so, following. Ah, we live issue three. A a long stand. This is we this live is age a of the volume two. Volume two, issue yeah. three. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So age it, of the Paladonians. Yep. Uh, and because uh, it's always so pretty. So. Oh, I don't know what I wrote there. Made no sense. You were talking about the music. Anyway, yeah. So. This issue uh, does include a little thing to scan to get music. Yep. Uh, it's at a part where uh, one of the characters is fighting this creature, uh, essentially. And so you do get a little thing to scan with the music, and the music, once again, is absolutely beautiful. Yes. I don't know if I got it wrong, though, because to me... The music lasted a lot longer than where, what I thought was supposed to be kind of read along with. 
about the reasoning is because can you stop her? I don't know if she's trying to jump all the way up there. She does. She's done it before. <clears throat> there you go. And so when I started to read, I was already I got to the, where I thought was the ending for the music purpose. What you would think, yeah. Was or I was already halfway. I, it was like a minute in, but the music was for like two minutes. Yeah. So I felt like maybe I didn't in, take in each panel like I was supposed to. Maybe because there wasn't a lot of words to read and everything, it made me go a lot quicker than I should have maybe. through that portion. Perhaps. And the reason why I felt like that is because the coloring of the panels actually matches what the coloring that's on the cover there. Right. You see that change. So to me, visually, that's why I naturally felt like that was what the ending was supposed to be, is when the coloring, the panel changed and, uh, and we changed to another character. So. Maybe. I would love to know what I did wrong. Yeah, I don't think you, you can't. <laughs> you're, it's your comic book experience. You can't do it wrong. It's just well, how you felt. The reason why I feel that way is because every other time it's was matchups. Yeah. perfect. Just, I, I, I'm going to put this idea in your head. Uh-huh. You are always annoyed at the veracity in which I read a comic book, how I just tear through the pages. Yeah. And I'm always done, you know, hours ahead of you in some cases, depending on how big our stacks are that week. Perhaps, Elvis Rain, Yeah. you love We Live so much that you can no longer help yourself. And you just keep plowing through the books. The thing is, is it's it's like an action sequence, right? You know, uh, so there's a lot going on in the movement, and the artwork just made it flow. I so understand. it just kind of boop. so I went through it, Buckley. Yes, that well, that portion of it, um, and like, and you know, and honestly, the whole comic because it, it was good. It was good, uh, but. The whole point of this particular issue, uh, you do get to see uh, Hoto uh, and the team uh, reach where they needed to be to basically fix that connection mm -hmm. that they needed. Um, but they actually do end up losing uh, a main character. So uh, we'll you'll figure that out. You'll, you'll read that. Um, but you also do get to follow through to see the journey. Um, of Tala uh, and Humbo. Uh, and if, if you do remember, they were trying to go and help save Tala. She's been injured. Um, so they're going to go and try to, to get her help. But obviously, nothing goes right in this comic. <laughs> oh, no, it's all got There's something going on, and it just makes me want to read more and more and more. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, I, I, I feel like overall, Maybe more could have been, you know, more action in this particular. This is issue but eight of the series. For yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want answers. I want more answers. I think what it is, I don't. It, it's not even like a, a, a mark against this particular issue. It's just the fact that I want more. I know. I just, I just want issue this more is, now. This is your reviews of <laughs> We Live. It's not that this is bad. It's not even that this issue is slow. I'm just saying that because I just want issue four now. I'm just, <laughs> your, your reviews of We Live are basically getting to the point of, fuck you, give me more. I just want more. <laughs> it's really hard to say anything because I'm like, I don't know. It's not like there wasn't anything. It's just that I just want to know what's next now. Like, can I just have the next one? I think this particular, I think this, this story just needs to be read as volumes. No, I don't know why. no, no, that's not, so you can't just have that as your answer for everything. You just need to be patient. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying I want to wait for the volume. <laughs> you just, you just I, wanted it all released. I'm just one. saying, like, they could just go ahead, take a weekend, <laughs> finish the, this, this volume, and have it out by next week. <laughs> Not everything is binge-worthy, Ellis Strange. These platforms on Roku are making me feel otherwise. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I'm dying. Okay, Not, maybe your pick of the week. We don't know yet. We're still not sure. Because you also had on your read pile, Nubia. This is, we, 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 this is Nubia, Queen, Queen of, of the, the Amazons. Amazons. Uh, and then our little side title there. Uh, now, that's Diana over there, and I don't know who that is. Yes? Yes. Yes. So, she's queen now. 
if you Creed. followed if you have followed Correct. anything that's going on in Wonder Woman, uh, the trial of the Amazons, uh, Nubia, uh, Wonder Girl, all of that, all of that that's been going on is all come to this doll. <coughs> uh, well, obviously, Wonder Woman still continuing with her story, uh, but we do have now uh, Nubia is uh, queen. So. Uh, she has actually decided that she's going to approach her relationship with Man's World differently. Okay. She wants to be more involved. I know, yes, Hippolyta has already been there. Uh, but she, she wants to like, join the UN kind wants, of thing? She wants to be there. She, she, she has literally gone on a floating island and gone to Man's World. I don't know what's going on with a floating island. What? I, I don't... I. Like I just mentioned with all those stories, I don't remember anything being discussed about a floating, floating island, island in yeah. the mix. And, and you know, like, hey, we're gonna take we're gonna take a floating island with us. <laughs> or maybe they were talking about, hey, could you work on this? I mean, isn't this for the me? same? I want to take a floating island with uh, me. <laughs> this is the same universe where you know they've got Pegasus running around. You would think they just all right, whatever. Yeah. So weird. Maybe I've either completely missed something huge somewhere. Or it's going to be discussed at some point later on. There, 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 there's something I miss. I mean, was I, it I that crucial something. to the story, or maybe it's just eh, it's well, just part of it. Well, showing it. It does sort of look like a spaceship too. Because it, it yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we've seen it throughout history because it looks like a flying saucer. Maybe they've been taking the, the little the little flying... I'm just reading a lot into this. You're putting I, way too much into it. I am. You really are. I am. Yeah. So you're going to see how how she's wanting to approach for her, for, ugh, her relationship. Uh, I understand. Uh, with man's world. So every it, time you say that, by the way, I, hear, I think of that song in my head. It's just the way that they refer to to man's world. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's how what they say. Um, anyway, so uh, aside from the story, though, you do get a little bit of a connection to the past uh, story of her uh, as far as in Wonder Girl mm -hmm. uh, and all. They do mention about how she had an amulet with her when she came through the well. Uh, it was mentioned uh, I had a feeling that this was eventually going to come back up because you don't just mention something like that. Yeah, the well of soul not yeah. follow through with that. Yeah. Like Nobody ever comes through with anything you know, with them. They don't have possessions. Uh, but Yara them. did. Hmm? But Yara did. Yara. Oh, Nubia? Nubia. Sorry. So, but Nubia did. And so when she came through, she had uh, that that little piece. And now that is actually part of the story. There's somebody that wants it. We're going to find out who that exactly is and why. Uh, so, uh, you know, that'd be very interesting to find so I find this a little odd. I'm going to go a little off track here. Just a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming it's the piece that they're talking about. Because let's just say this. They do have um, Hot Girl that's going to be kind of hanging out with them while they're kind of establishing the relationship with everybody. A lot of reincarnated and, characters. You know, so, you know, it, I, maybe I've read it wrong. Maybe they're referring to her little thing. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little weird quick side note here. Nubia so far, this is her second series. Yeah. Both of them have been prescribed, told you ahead of time, that they're limited series. Now, we like the idea of them being limited series. We're big fans of that. Yes. But Wonder Girl, Yara, her series is not limited that we know of. It never had a one of six or a two of three or anything that I'm, I, I know of. Does it feel a little weird that anytime Nubia has been on the cover of a book, They've been making sure to reference. Oh, don't worry, it's not an ongoing though. I don't see that at all. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. I just and found it odd. Yara, I don't think has anything. She did. She had. She had Wonder Girl for a while. I, I think it was. It was just short because it. What it was is it was leading up to the trial of the Amazons. It was preparing you uh, with her character. Right, maybe, maybe and I'm then right. they introduced her character. So These are your books. She could be. I understand part your point. Of Child Amazons. I understand your point. So, Fair enough. Yeah. So what's your pick of the week? Okay. I have absolutely no clue. 
Um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right. <laughs> it's poison ivy. <laughs> I kind of already knew. I figured. I figured. That's funny. All right, let's get going on yours. All right, I got a lot. Let's get to it. Thank you for that read pile, Ella Strange. Mm -hmm. Now on to my read pile. And we start with E-T-E-R. This is uh, volume two of uh, short anthology stories from uh, Interdimensional uh, Doctor. I didn't like it. I'm sorry, I didn't like it. It was not what E-T-E-R Volume 1 was. E-T-E-R Volume 1 was so fun and cool and interesting, and it took place on Earth, and there was an Earth doctor who found out that there was this crazy uh, other hospital underneath her hospital, and it, there was a lot of, you know, inside jokes and pseudo-references to Rick and Morty. E-T-E-R, in this case, is just three stories that are not really interconnected, that have nothing to do with anything, that take place in space. Meh. Very disappointing, very unfortunate did not enjoy. The stories were fine. There was nothing particularly wrong with the writing of the art. It's just completely unrelated to Volume 1, and that's very disappointing to me. I did not... I was hoping for Volume 2 to simply just be a continuation from what we saw in Volume 1. Nothing of the sort. Very disappointing. I'm sorry. It sucked. Speaking of very disappointing, I don't know what this is. Dark Crisis Issue 1. I bought the Greg Capullo variant cover because I'm a Greg Capullo guy, and I needed John Kent drawn by Greg Capullo in my life, so I read it, and then I added it to my sub, because it's a seven-issue miniseries uh, that's going to be earth-shattering, and man, I got um, no idea. There's a whole, that you saw the list. Oh yeah, no, I'm not reading all this extra shit. No, 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 no. I'm reading Dark Crisis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and that is it. This is to L's point. L read Poison Ivy number one without any backstory or knowledge pre- just picked it up, you loved it, it was well written, it was well explained. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that for Dark Crisis. I have no fucking idea what's happening in this book. I know that at one point it takes place on a different Earth, and then it takes place on a different, different Earth, and then it takes place inside a different multiverse. Like, there's multi there's a multiverse 2 now. Man, that's... No, 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 none of this. Like, Dark Knight, DC Dark Knight Death Metal was fun, and it was ridiculous, and it was absurd... But it was also a story that I got into. Now, I'm going to keep reading Dark Crisis because I want to know what happens here. I just kind of need to know. Also, and I'm going to show you who the big bad is because they reveal it at the end. Um, but you tell me if you have any idea who or what that looks like to you. I have a feeling. Yes, but is this the wrong universe? <laughs> what is it? Who do you think it is? <laughs> it does look like Dr. Doom. So, <laughs> it's somebody who I think is the Spectre, and I don't know, because again, I'm not reading anything outside of this, but he's wearing um, the anti-monitor armor, it seems, and his chest plate is like multiple Earths incursioning on each other. Man, I don't know what's going on in here. I do know that there's a really funny segment with uh, John Kent trying to put his own Justice League together, because apparently prior to this issue, the Justice League died off-planet somewhere. They're all dead. Everybody in the original Justice League is dead, so Jonathan Kent is like, I'm going to put my own team together, and his Justice League is wonky and terrible. And it includes the new Dr. Light, Killer Frost, Harley Quinn, Damian Wayne, Aqualad, Frankenstein, uh, Booster Gold, and uh, Blue Beetle, and Blue Beetle, so both Blue Beetles and... Uh, Supergirl is there too in a new costume that looks very similar to her cousins now not wearing her traditional skirt combo there's some funny stuff in here Joshua Williamson is a great writer but I have no fucking idea what's happening like I I don't know what's going on and here's something else that kind of threw me off the font that they used like I thought this was like yelling font because it's Nightwing and he's delivering a speech but it's for everything look at it Look, look how weird this is. It's so bizarre, the lettering. The lettering makes no sense. Like, you see how it just keeps getting bigger and... Like, why is it just bold so often? Yeah, exactly. Why are the bubbles so big? Like, there's something very weird. About, it was very disorientating to read this because it felt so wonky, for lack of a better term. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Maybe off just a little. 
It does. It's just but not enough when you have to really read. It's not quite right. Yara shows up, and that's that. cool. And see that I can see. I mean that here. Yeah, like when the, when the demon's talking. But why is why are why are her words emphasized in the exact same way? And then it just stops abruptly. I don't know what happened with the lettering, but it was. It was a very weird first issue. I again, I don't really know what's happening in Dark Crisis, and to my own point, I haven't been reading the lead into it, so maybe yeah. that's my fault. But if this is going to be your major event story, yeah, there's so there's all those little side stories or anything yeah. um, that you can get involved with, but uh, you would think that main line of it issue one would be a little bit more attention grabbing like like it would draw you in a right. little bit more and get your interest instead of you feeling completely lost there's one thing to make you open up and have a lot of questions like and wanting to know more yeah versus i'm just lost and there's like, so many I, deaths. Like, obviously, you know, you guys are just talking about things I know nothing about. Like, there are you so have a conversation before I enter the room because I'm, go- I'm I don't know what's going on. There are so many heroes and villains killed in this issue. But again, I, I guess it doesn't matter because it takes place on different multiverses. I, Teen the, all the Teen Titans get wiped out. Well, I, with, I think with stories like that. Anything can happen. True. <laughs> Wasn't my favorite book. It's fine. But Let's move you, on. You, that that was probably the best issue to to start with, though, right? There weren't other ones. I don't oh know. no, this is issue one of Dark Crisis. Yeah. Okay. But you're supposed to have read Justice League, the death of Justice League. No, I don't want to read all that. Mm-hmm. Just if it's issue one, you should be able to provide me with some level of backstory. Like, yeah. this is your big tentpole story. This is your big summer blockbuster. It's got the Crisis logo. All of the, you know, all of DC's big events are crises. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Meanwhile, in the Black Label universe, where things don't need to make sense because it's just whatever, we have Aquaman Andromeda Issue 1 by Ram V and, uh, oh, I want to get the artist's name correct, uh, Christian Ward. And, as, as usual, this is... A short series. Yes. Usually like four or five. Four or five or three. It doesn't matter. This is cool. This was moody as hell. It's Ram V doing his really best like horror-esque stuff. But what's really cool about this is it's got so much... Wait for it. Wait for it. You ready? Backstory. So much explanation as to why I should give a shit about what's happening. There's apparently... I don't know if this is true or not, but I've read enough of this issue to make me think that there is... There's a part of the ocean that is essentially a space station uh, graveyard. So, like, all of the, like, Sputniks and all of the Challengers that didn't explode, all of the ships that go up into space when uh, they're doing tests, Mm -hmm. they make sure to crash land in a part of the ocean called Point Nemo. So, in Point Nemo, there's all of these ships uh, that, uh, you know, basically every uh, country has been testing out spaceships, and they crash land it in Point Nemo. Now, that just might be exclusive to this particular black label universe, but it was done in such a way that it made me realize maybe there is a point in email and I should go look it up. Like that's that's really good backstory. Mwah, it tastes good. It did the spicy meatball. And um, the point of Andromeda is that an alien vessel has crash landed in Point Nemo. Specifically, they saw it fall out of the sky they don't know what it is, but it, it was of intelligence enough that it knew to crash land with all the other crashed points. Also, the way that the um, currents work at Point Nemo, nothing can really survive in there. So the, they're not making coral, they're not polluting, they're not doing anything. It's just sort of a graveyard underwater. But if it's underwater and shit's going down, you know that Arthur Curry is going to need to be around. Now, in this particular volume, it doesn't appear that Arthur Curry is connected to anyone else. This might be a universe in which only Aquaman is the only superhero. Hmm. I'm not before, re- before his relationship with... With ju- the Justice League? League. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I do know that we do get to see a really awesome fight sequence between Aquaman and a massive Kraken that just sort of showed up. Um, and they do a great job explaining the girth and hugeness of the Kraken. 
Now, you mentioned how you feel like that he's like the only superhero. Is it because something so significant happens? Like, why didn't anybody else show up? You would think. Or they don't. Maybe, they also don't maybe reference it's, it. It's just one of those situations. It's like Aquaman should be able to handle it by himself. Well, if they also you don't see, reference any other heroes yet. It's also issue one. Again, it's black label, which means anything goes, and there is no interconnected story. Even though, of course, we say this every week, DC Comics, okay. no, it's Infinite Frontier, anything's possible. Whatever. So I really liked Andromeda. The Andromeda, the point of Andromeda is that it's a whole new submersive uh, submarine. Submersive submarine. It's a submarine that's powered by a, a. You remember that joke in Rick and Morty about how you just say quantum in front of something and it's all sci fi y? Mm -hmm. So the engine that powers the Andromeda is a quantum engine. Oh, of course. <laughs> but the, it's just, there's a lot of. Uh, you know what this reminded me the most of, more than anything, why I loved it so much? It felt very akin uh, to Event Horizon. There's a lot of, like, very subtle, this feels very Event Horizon-y to me. There's also mention of a black hole, and that's how they sold it, was that it was an image of a black hole. But it's a black hole in, in like, the ocean. So, like, there's, like... I, I can't really do a good job of explaining it. I just need to show you. It's very early. So you see how her eye matches up with the, the waterline? Mm -hmm. Ah. So I don't really know what to expect from this, but... Unlike Dark Crisis, this issue one that didn't explain a whole lot has got me very yoked. I'm very excited. Very excited. Very nice. Thank you. Let's move on to the uh, obvious ending to a great miniseries, uh, The Lion and the Eagle. Uh, this is a, another Garth Ennis War is Hell story, as I mentioned in issue three. Uh, issue four is all about the, the, the march away, uh, and it's I really enjoyed this because I didn't know about this particular part of World War II that happened uh, in parts of Burma and uh, parts of the uh, um, near, near Japan about British and Indian and, and what is eventually Pakistani soldiers who are working together to fend off the Japanese um, attack. And it, it is very much, they even reference it at the end of the book. This is Garth Ennis doing history lessons. And sometimes those are very, very good and very, very poignant. He made sure to include an interesting plot. He made sure to throw in some maybe yes or no, did this happen, did this not really happen kind of things. But more importantly, it's a Garth Ennis history lesson, and I love it. Um, I appreciate it being in the larger format. I thought it was very well drawn. But ultimately, it's a story, and we already sort of knew the outcome. One guy was going to survive, in this case more than one. And the story was about how this British uh, soldier was trying to square uh, the reality of war, which is his commanders told them to go defend a hill behind enemy lines, and then at the end of it, almost everybody's dead, and nothing really was accomplished. And they even mentioned that, like, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, nothing really got accomplished here. Well, see you later! And then the colonel gets on a, uh, a plane and flies away. And it's just like, yeah. And you, they, they make sure, like, there's actually this really beautiful sort of morbid scene where you see the camp one last time on their way out and the camp is that's not mud that's mud because blood and guts have soaked into the ground so much that it's red now and it, but again that's sort of the reality of like a jungle war and then the rest of the book is them trying to get out of the jungle and men are falling off because of malaria and because they're literally past the point of exhaustion they make sure to show this one guy whose face is like sunken in because he's completely and totally exhausted to the point that his body has started eating his own muscles because this is the reality of war it is a great history book and i love history books i don't know if it's going to appeal to a mass audience i don't think it matters i think this is one of garth's stories that he wanted to share and he wanted to teach a little bit and i loved it all right i'm not gonna lie to you these next three books could have been my pick of the week Without question. I loved them from A to Z. Let's just get to it. There's no point in trying to stop this. Twig, issue two from Scotty Young uh, and uh, Kyle Stram by Image Comics. This is adorable! I love Twig so much. He's such a fun, ridiculous character and his, and his buddy Slug Splat who can stretch and do stuff. And Twig uh, is on a quest, of course. His people... Uh, he is the he's like the quest finder. He's the guy. He's got to go on like this epic adventure. Uh, he's got a little stone with him. He's trying to do the work of his father who passed away. He's trying to be one of the, he just wants to be a cook though. So he tries to like create 
potions and things like that. And then we finally get moving in our story. We find out where we're going. We find out what we got to do. And we find out that once Twig completes this task, the gem that he has in his hand, which is now currently burnt out, so he's got to go reignite it, is the last gem. So once Twig finishes this epic tale of his, mm -hmm. they won't ever have to do this again. He is the last path maker. And what's really funny about Twig is it feels like you're playing a video game. Huh. Now, I will say this. Yes. Uh, just for merch purposes, yes. I feel like there should definitely be a pop vinyl. Oh, yeah. A Twig. Oh, a, a plushie for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, but because everybody always breaks rules of pop vinyls, Twig should just have that fluff. Oh, he'd be like flocked like yeah. uh, like my grumpy cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could also do stickers instead of furry. <laughs> fuzzy stickers. Little fuzzy stickers. Little fuzzy stickers. Yeah. Little fuzzy stickers. Yeah. Um, Little plush animals. So, what I like most about Twig is it's so damn vibrant and it's so alive. Each page just like everything just jumps off the page. It's so pretty. It's very beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Uh, it's it's interesting that it's written by Scotty Young, but not drawn by Scotty Young. Uh, drawn by Kyle Stram, who feels like he's doing... This is going to be a disservice to Kyle, I'm sure. But it feels like Kyle is doing his best Scotty Young impression. I'm just so used to Scotty Young's artwork. But it feels more surreal than Scotty Young's artwork. Because he's connecting with his writing. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And I'm sure they talk to each other about like, what, he wants what to you're look feeling, like. what you're feeling. So real quick, I'll wrap up Twig's review with... Twig started on his journey by all he had to do was go from A to Z, right? Mm -hmm. But just like in any video game you've ever played, you can't just go to A to Z. No, so I'm just going to... Side stories. So we're, we are now on to our third side story where Twig has to reignite the gem. Once the gem gets reignited, then he's got to get on the original path. Then once he gets on the original path, he's going to go back to the end of that path. And at the end of that path is the very last time the gem has to be delivered to wherever it needs to go. It's it. It's over. It's done. It's going to be a self-contained story. But God only knows how long it's going to take. Because like any good video game, I have a sneaking suspicion that at some point on this third side story, there will be what? Another side story. Another side story. Great, great writing. Loved it. Oh God, I don't know what to do. I have to figure out which one. Oh. Made you squeal like that while reading. Both of them! You heard me! It's just nonstop. Alright, 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 enough. Okay, we here at the Read Pile have some pillars of the Read Pile as we refer to them. And they are uh, the mayor of Halloween Town, Colin Bunn, the Clock King, Tom King, and Everyone Dies, Taylor, Tom Taylor. This week on my Read Pile is Tom King's Batman Killing Time, issue 4 of 6. Thank you. So, Killing Time is such a cool story. As we mentioned, um, Tom King is the clock king. Uh, Tom King, he messes with time. And he does it in such a way that it's so damn awesome. Also, Batman has to fight off some tigers. And while he's doing it, he's explaining to Alfred in his headset that he's doing his very best not to hurt the tigers. And Alfred is mentioning him that they donate a lot of money to tiger sanctuaries. And Batman is saying, yes, I'm well aware of that. It's just, it's so well written. And the drawing, by the way, the art here, so good. So good. We're starting to get more and more of this backstory, though, that happens 3,000 years in the past. Now, remember, the overarching MacGuffin of this entire book is maybe the finger of Christ, possibly? We don't know, but that's what they've been alluding to. We also find out an amazing backstory about the help. We get more stories about the help, more backstory about the help, the help who I consider to be uh, evil Patrick Stewart, for lack of a better term. He and Batman have this fantastic standoff at the beginning of the book where Batman is ready to fight the help again, and the help just sort of looks at Batman and says, listen, you and I, if we brawl again, I'm going to beat you. You you just spent three hours fighting tigers. You're in no condition to fight me. You also know that you have uh, a limited amount of resources right now, and I have an extended amount of resources. Why don't you and I get together, we'll find Catwoman, we'll find Riddler, I will get my property, then you and I will have us our brawl. We'll have, I think his exact terms is, you and I will have our scrap. At which point, 
I will still beat you, I will still walk away, but before then, we will work together. And Batman's only response is, get on my motorcycle. Basically, his response to that whole premise is, I'm driving. So, now we've got a team-up book an, uh, of an unlikely duo of the Help and Batman working together to track down Catwoman and Riddler, who they still think have this, this MacGuffin, this, this finger of, of, of God, maybe, who knows, we keep getting more and more allusions, though, more and more references to what happened 3,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is the majority of the story that happened 3,000 years ago is being told 2,500 years ago during a Greek uh, performance where everyone's wearing their proper Greek masks. So He's so good at doing He's that. such an asshole! <laughs> Tom King, you're a, you're a monster! You're a monster, sir! I love it. I absolutely love it. It is so good. I, and uh, I've already had people responding to, uh, you know, Killing Time in, in, in my mentions about how much they're loving it. I'm loving it, too. But it's not quite my pick of the week. What is your pick of the week? Well, actually, my pick of the week is DC Pride, believe it or not. But, yeah, I mean, but I think that's both of our picks of the week. Yeah. My pick of the week, though, mm -hmm. we here at the Read Pile have three specific pillars of the Read Pile. There's actually a fourth, and soon she'll be re-added once her new book comes out. But, for the time being, we have mayor of Halloween Town, that's Colin Bunn. Uh, of course, Clock King, Tom King, that we just mentioned. And on my read pile this week is Everyone Dies Taylor, a.k.a. Tom Taylor, a.k.a. My Pick of the Week, Dark Knights of Steel, issue 7 of 12. Whew! We, get, uh, we start the book with an omen about things to come. We get our second image of the green man. We get uh, a little bit more time with him. Just a moment. This is an omen, though. This is a, a dream sequence. Somebody's calling me. Anyway, um, we get a whole bunch of information, but what we get more than anything is we get progression of the story as it continues. Now, I don't want to give away too much because, again, we try not to spoil these things, but we're starting to see how the uh, Kents are going to ha raise, well, not raise, but bring Thomas, or I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne back from near death. They figure out who he is. They figure out who his father is because... As uh, Pa Kent put it, your eyes were glowing red and you appeared to have fallen out of the sky and not gone splat. So they kind of assumed that he was, it, they were like, we all know, everyone, it's well known that you're a bastard child, everyone knows that, and the fact that you didn't die on impact makes me think that you're probably one of those aliens. Pretty reasonable deduction from Pa Kent, if I have to admit. We get a really great battle of Ra's al Ghul, who of course in this universe is the demon's head, very literally, he is Etrigan. We get an amazing uh, follow-up where we get to see the Teen Titans. Raven is there. Starfire is there. Cyborg in his, like, pre... Like, so, like... I don't even know how to explain Cyborg's armor. It just... It looks right. Um, Beast Boy lets Batman know that he's seen a lot of shit in his life. And some of the shit that he's seen is a dragon. So, if need be, he could, say, morph into a dragon. It's just a fantastic issue and it moves the story along in a way that I wasn't quite ready for. Um, there's also a lot of very subtle things. There's a lot of great jokes in here, a lot of great humor uh, as well, but this is, a, this is a Tom Taylor book. It is an alternate reality, and that is what Tom Taylor does so well, is he creates universes that you never want to leave. Get on board Dark Knights of Steel. I don't know what else to tell you. Ah! All right. That about wraps up this week's episode of The Read Pile for our reviews at any rate. And our uh, picks of the week, of course, are Dark Knights of Steel issue 7 from DC Comics and Poison Ivy number 1, also from DC Comics. We both would be uh, remiss to not mention, though, that we want you to go pick up uh, Pride, uh, DC Pride 2022. Truly fantastic, amazing stories. And the story at the back of the book, written by uh, Kevin Conroy about his um, time in becoming Batman, as it were, incredibly moving. Uh, we want to make sure to give a shout out to all of our friends, uh, Haven for Heroes, of course our good friends the Space Bastards, uh, Mad Cave Comics, our sister show The Indie Cast, Eric Palicki, I'm sorry, Eric Palicki, AJ Schumacher, Glurk and Bo, and then up here in the corner, I don't know if you can see it, but I wanted to point this out, I found a sticker that my dad had in his collection of things, this is from the Australian Comic Book Exhibition, ACE, ACE, now Tom Taylor is uh, Australian, he lives in Australia, last I checked. And we have some friends of mine who live in Perth. 
So now we have our international uh, uh, coverage is complete. At any rate, uh, I am the Sussman Rick Sussman, of course, wearing my Rowdy Roddy uh, Pride Piper shirt, uh, and of course, Ella Strange. Uh, we are Team Reedpile, and we will be back next week with more comic book reviews. Perhaps less of a Reedpile? Mm. My wallet would appreciate that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, until then, I think, did I forget anything? Yeah, okay, all right. Until then, I'm going to kill the YouTube. Say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. I gotta hit the X. The X is always the hardest part. Ugh. Thank you, audio-only listeners. We will be back next week.